acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that tallies the gains and losses of everyday history. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're reflecting on the deadliest and most destructive volcanic event in U.S. history, the eruption of Mount St. Helens. The day was May 18, 1980. Triggered by a powerful earthquake, Mount St. Helens erupted in Washington state, killing 57 people and forever changing the surrounding landscape. Called Luala Cloth, or the Smoking Mountain, by Native Americans, Mount St. Helens belongs to a chain of active volcanoes in the Pacific Rim known as the Ring of Fire. Unlike the gentle slopes of shield volcanoes, like those found on the Hawaiian Islands, Mount St. Helens is a stratovolcano. That means it has steep sides, which flank a large cone composed of layers of lava and ash. Stratovolcanoes are considered more dangerous than their shield cousins, as they tend to erupt more explosively and pose a greater risk of landslides and avalanches, thanks to their steep sides. Mount St. Helens is roughly 275,000 years old, which is fairly young as far as volcanoes go. During that time, it's gone through a number of eruptive cycles, with its last active period prior to 1980, falling between 1831 and 1857. 
In the 123 years between then and 1980, the volcano was all but silent. That finally began to change on March 20th of that year, when a series of tremors rattled the north side of the mountain. The quakes continued throughout the week, culminating in a minor eruption on March 27th. For the first time in over a century, Mount St. Helens began releasing steam and ash from its crater and vents. Similar small eruptions continued on a daily basis, and by mid-April, the north face of the mountain had begun to bulge. Ground deformation is a telltale sign of serious volcanic activity, and disturbingly, the mile-wide bulge on Mount St. Helens began to move upward by as much as six feet per day. Scientists knew the bulge was caused by magma just below the mountain's surface, and that a more serious eruption was likely imminent. They started pushing for authorities to evacuate nearby residents and close off the area to everyone but researchers. It took some convincing, but their warning was eventually heeded, although some residents refused to leave their homes. On the morning of May 18th, the entire mountain was shaken by a 5.1 magnitude earthquake. The vibrations caused a colossal landslide of rock and ice, one of the largest debris avalanches ever recorded. The entire north face of the summit suddenly gave way and began to slide down the mountain. This led to the explosive decompression of the steam and volcanic gases that had amassed in the bulge beneath the mountain's surface. This superheated volcanic matter then erupted out of Mount St. Helens at a speed of over 300 miles per hour, fast enough to overtake and blast right through the avalanche of debris that preceded it. The result was a deadly surge of hot lava, gas, and debris mingled with melting snow and ice. It raced down the mountain slopes at 80 miles per hour, with enough force to level approximately 10 million trees many as far as 12 miles away from the blast. The volcanic mud flows also destroyed more than 200 homes, as well as dozens of roads and bridges. The eruption slowed by late afternoon and stopped completely by early the next day. The shape of the mountain had been changed drastically by the calamity. More than 1,000 feet of its elevation had been blasted away, and its iconic volcanic cone was now nothing but a crater. Roughly 1.4 billion cubic yards of ash fell from the sky following the eruption. It damaged buildings and electronics and clogged sewers, rivers, and other waterways throughout the state. In total, the eruption was said to have caused $2.7 billion worth of damage, but its heaviest cost was the loss of life. Millions of fish, Thousands of birds and mammals, and 57 humans, were killed by the eruption. This included scientists, photographers, hikers, and residents who lived at the foot of the mountain. It's sobering to note, however, that the death toll could have been much higher, if not for the vigilance of volcanologists, including some who died in the disaster, such as Dr. David A. Johnston. It's believed that thousands of people would have died that day. In the aftermath, there was a greater focus on volcanic research in America. The eruption proved that volcanic activity was a threat not only to Hawaii, but to the continental U.S. as well. 
Mount St. Helens erupted five more times during the summer and fall of 1980, though thankfully not to the same extent as on May 18th. The volcano remains active today and is now continuously monitored by the Cascades Volcano Observatory. A new lava dome has been steadily growing at the peak of Mount St. Helens, and minor earthquakes remain a regular occurrence in the area. Scientists don't anticipate another large-scale eruption anytime soon, but that doesn't make their preparedness any less necessary. The lifespan of volcanoes can stretch to several million years, which means Mount St. Helens could still be in its infancy. So while a massive eruption may not be imminent, it's probably just a matter of time, and for Washington's sake, hopefully a long one. Before we go, I know this has been a somewhat heavy episode, so I thought I'd leave you with a more upbeat fact about the eruption of Mount St. Helens. Namely, that it helped inspire the origin of the Transformers. The eruption in Washington was major news, as you might imagine, and it was still on people's minds four years later. That's when issue one of the Transformers comic book was published by Marvel Comics, introducing the world to the age-old war between two factions of shape-shifting alien robots. The debut issue tells the story of how the heroic Autobots and the evil Decepticons wound up bringing their battle to Earth. Their ship crashes into the side of a dormant volcano on prehistoric Earth, and the impact knocks everyone on board offline. Four million years later, in 1984, the volcano erupts, reactivating the robots who then resume their cosmic feud. The comic refers to the volcano as Mount St. Hillary, a fictional peak said to reside in Oregon, just outside of Portland. The real-world inspiration is hard to miss, but it's even more explicit in the original story treatment, where the volcano is actually called out as Mount St. Helens. The change was likely made out of respect for the victims, and to avoid the controversy of using a deadly real-life event to market toy robots to children. The franchise is still going strong after all these years, so it seems they uh, made the right call. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have a second and you're so inclined, consider following the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also send any questions, comments, or other feedback you might have to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts as important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.